Welcome to the Growth Exponential Podcast. I have a very special guest here today with us. It's Rachel Gildener. She is the Executive Director of Gather DC, which is truly innovating and gathering in their 20s and 30s in the DC area. Rachel, welcome. Thank you. It's really great to be here. It's, it's a pleasure to have you. And I'm so excited to not only hear about your organization, but also the backstory and, and get to know you of what led you to this place. Um, so, so tell me, where did it all begin? Oh, such a good question. So my experience um, for the past 12 years has been in the Jewish communal world. So I'm super curious to hear about your background. What led you to start Gather? And, and let's start at the beginning. I have been in the Jewish communal world for 12 years. And during that time, um, I've had amazing experiences. I've learned so much. And one of the kind of challenges that I continue to see, especially for young adults today, is that there are lots of Jewish things to do, but there's not always Jewish connections at the heart or focus. And so during my time at Hill International for seven years, my role was to create and build and design with some incredible mentors ways that Jewish students on campus could connect Jewishly, even if they never walk into the Hillel building. And this is what is now known as relational engagement. Um, it's a movement that a lot of Jewish organizations and even um, kind of secular movements have, have picked up on and understand. I'm still surprised that there are just a lot of areas where this relational work hasn't quite tipped. And so for me, this focus and desire to help create a more relational and more connected Judaism, specifically for young adults, but really for everyone, has, has driven me and gotten me to this place. And so I am very grateful for the people who started what was then Gather the Jews. It was a community project, and it was a website, a monthly happy hour, and a feature of a Jewish guy or girl of the week that really became a cult following in DC. It was community-based, it was about community, um, and it was like a go-to point for Jewish 20s and 30s to find out what was happening. So when I came on board, there had been um, one professional staff member. Otherwise, it was created by lay leaders. I think part of the power of this work is that it was from and for the community, and I try to hold true to that every day. Um, even as we've professionalized. And so what Gather DC is now, with the website, the calendar, the happy hour, all the things that still existed, it's now a relational platform to help Jewish and 20s and 30s connect, not just to the existing things happening, but to each other in a really deep and meaningful way. Um, and so that is what drives me. That's how we got to Gather DC what it is today. And it is a privilege to be at the helm of it. And there's so much more work to do. Okay, so now that's beautiful, and it sounds like it's doing amazing work, and I love the whole relational part, but let's rewind before Gather, before Hillel, let's push it back to like pre-bat mitzvah. Oh man, braces time, huh? What braces, <laughs> bullying, all of those great things that happened to us as we're growing up. Like, what was your Jewish life like growing up? So I'm just going to start with my life growing up. I, okay. was, I was born in Germantown, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I um, was born to two parents who are um, the first of their families to go to college, who grew up in incredibly hardworking, working class families. 
and who, you know, my mom is a professor now, my dad is a doctor, and um, growing up in Philadelphia, um, in the public school system there, and having friends who didn't look like me, who mostly were not Jewish, uh, it was a diverse and really wonderful place to live, and I loved it. And in fourth grade, I moved to Cherry Hill, New Jersey, which is a great town. Yay, Jersey, a lot of pride, um, but it very, very different from the community I was in before. Um, very homogenous, very privileged, um, very safe. And I don't think that I fully appreciated it at the time. Um, and even looking back now, it was a really hard move. Um, it was a hard move for many reasons, even in fourth grade at the young age of nine. And so what that has kind of carried with me is this, this sense of just continuing to be aware of who is not at the table, who is not present, who, you know, we're talking about something, but there's a whole world out there that exists, but just because we can't see it anymore doesn't mean it doesn't matter. And so in that case, for me, it was, you know, seeing people um, of different races and backgrounds not in Cherry Hill, but but knowing like the whole world isn't all white, the whole world isn't this privilege, and just trying to hold on to who and what is missing. Um, I do that now in my gender equity work, and it just it's just kind of always there for me. So that experience of moving was very powerful, um, but it also made me who I who I am. I like that you started with bullying because when I was in uh, elementary school in Cherry Hill, I was bullied really bad. I was mm -hmm. the new girl, I was really tall for my age. I had nicknames, uh, gym class was just the worst, cafeteria time was the worst. Um, and none of this is for, for pity parties. I mean, it was really painful, but it was just another experience in my life where I could look back and say like, I don't want anyone to ever feel like they don't belong or like they, I just didn't want anyone else to like ever feel that way. So it was definitely a part of my growing up and very grateful that that is gone. And I wish everyone who was a part of that bullying well in their lives. <laughs> And that's, I mean, and it's really beautiful how that also comes together with the whole concept of gathering. I mean, mm -hmm. gathering in an inclusive way where people feel safe and are connecting through their interests with others that like, it's almost like, you know, the Jewish concept is that we do things later in life to repair either what was done to us earlier in life or something that we need to repair within ourselves, you know, what's called a tikkun, right? So it's almost like you're creating this space with Gather DC that's really to make sure that other people don't ever have that, even though they might have had it as a child, but now finding that that right place of connection. Absolutely. That's, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for that vulnerability and, and, and sharing that. What was it that drove you to want to be a Hillel professional? So for those that so just as a background, Hillel is this is essentially the houses on college campuses where Jews gather, collegiate Jews for Shabbat or other things. And it's become kind of a national movement. Um, what was it that like connected you with that and made you want to become a Hillel professional? Yeah, so it's very on, it tracks with the work that I was talking about before, which was that I was not... Um, involved in Hillel as an undergrad. I did a Jewish studies program and that was my kind of Jewish communal work, but I never felt at home or like I belonged at my Hillel. Mm. And so the reason I started working at Hillel International is because they were launching uh, a new innovation, a new project 
that was specifically geared to engage people who did not go to Hillel, who that wasn't working for. And so um, we, you know, we're building something new for people who weren't at the table. Um, and that's how I ended up at Hillel. And I have a lot of respect for an organization that is a legacy organization, has been around for, you know, a number of years, but was able to look within and say, there is still a gap. Um, there's still something that's not working. We have a chance to pivot um, and create something new. And so that spark of innovation, kind of reflection of what we're doing well as an organization and what we could be doing better, that's really what what got me to Hillel. The Jewish stuff and all that was great. I'm, I, you know, I love that. But really, it was about um, continuing to try and engage people who aren't already connected. That's beautiful. So there's this ongoing life theme of engagement, connection, creating space for people who aren't at the table. Yeah. How, how are you doing that with, with Gather DC? Yeah, so Washington DC has an estimated over 30,000 young adults in their 20s and 30s who affiliate or associate in some way as Jewish. And for many of them, they have a Jewish connection. They find it in religious practices through a synagogue or they have a Jewish social circle. And most of those individuals um, actually have not found a connection to Jewish life. And so the way that that translates at Gather is, again, I don't want to um, compare it as severely to bullying, but people have a lot of baggage from Judaism. People have been bruised. Uh, yeah, I, I see you, you totally. know, nodding. Like, yeah. Even yeah. us Jewish professionals, like we carry our bruises and our emotional scarring from what Judaism, you know, the rabbi who told us we weren't Jewish enough. Exactly. Or <laughs> we weren't good at reading Hebrew or we didn't, you know, being those, the bad Jew or the, you know, my favorite yeah. is when I tell someone I'm, I'm a Jewish professional and they say like, oh, I haven't been to synagogue in so long. It's like, I don't care if you've been to synagogue <laughs> or not, but that's the reference point we have of what it means to be Jewish. And so um, the way that this all connects together is my favorite part of this work is working with people who just don't think that Jewish community has a space for them because they don't do it a certain way. And being the voice of mo the majority of Jews who are doing it a different way and helping them see themselves or find a, a connection point where Judaism can matter to them, be a value to them, and where they can see themselves at the table. It doesn't have to be the Jewish communal institutional table. I, this isn't about outreach or bringing people in. It's just about helping people access Judaism that can mean something to them in their lives. And so while we provide so many resources for people who are already Jewishly engaged and active and want to find out what's out there, the kind of deeper depths of our work are about connecting people who are not finding that fit already. That's amazing. And, and you mentioned that you provide resources. What, what type of resources are there specifically, even for folks that are listening, like what, what could they find if they visit you? Yeah. So one of the things that, um, that I love about Gather is that we really take a systems approach to the community. And so we know that there's no one fit and that just because someone's looking for something doesn't mean they're going to find it at Gather. So we actually have a calendar 
that aggregates all of the Jewish events happening for young adults across the entire city in one place. So we uplift the events of Sixth and I, we uplift the events of local synagogues trying to reach young adults. We want people to find their fit across the city. And so whether, if you, if Gather DC is not your scene and you don't want to be at our things, more power to you we will send you to wherever it is you're going to find that meaning and connection. And so our website, calendar, um, you can meet rabbis and different Jewish professionals on our website who are beyond Gather DC. And so we, we really want that to be in service to uplifting the entire community and making sure there's as many access points as possible to Jewish life. It's amazing. What, what would you consider like wild success for Gather DC? Like, what would that look like? I mean, I think every nonprofit wants to put themselves out of business. You know, you want to fix the problem that you're here to solve and then have it not be a problem anymore. So I think for us, wild success is just people feeling confident in the way that they are Jewish. Mm. People being in deeper relationship with each other, right? Like having Judaism lived through relationships and communities that happen outside of programs. Like I think we're, you know, we really want Judaism and relationships to exist in really organic ways. And that's how they sustain and that's how they help us live better lives. And so I think, yeah, just kind of weaving a deeper fabric of connection across the community and you know, when people don't need to go to a calendar to find out what's going on because they're finding out through their friends or through their own initiatives that they've created, I think that's really our wildest dreams of success. That's beautiful. And, and you're doing so much good for so many people. What are ways that our listeners or that need help and support? Yeah. So I would say two main ways. One is we need people who are mad enough at Judaism and who want to make a difference to like be at the table. Meaning a lot of people say, you know what, I had this really bad experience and I'm done and I get it. I really do. But what I think is going to help us all do better as humans is for individuals who've had these experiences to decide they care enough to try and change things and kind of be soldiers with us in doing that. You know, being able to say like, I don't keep kosher. I don't go to synagogue. I'm a Jew and I want to find new ways to express it and like be with us in a journey um, of figuring out what that looks like. And then I think the other thing is, you know, what we really need are um, Jews who, who do have a strong conviction in their connection and do know what their Judaism looks like to understand that that doesn't mean it's the same for everyone and to be willing to be open and in conversation about Judaism looking different for different people without judgment. Um, and I think when those two things happen and we find those two groups of people, um, then we can really make magic happen. Wow. And I just love that theme of just like you're serving everyone and have a purpose and need and value and reciprocal relationships that you bring to everyone. How do people get in touch with you or find you? Our website has, and this is so important, our website Next to everyone's bio, email us. You can sign up for coffee. This is relational. So you're not going to go to the Gather website and not have a person to talk to or connect with. Um, my email is rachelg at gatherdc.org. We have incredible staff who will call you, email, sit with you. Um, we want to hear stories and we want to know people. So always conversation, email, phone call. Um, we're, we're people. We're not just an organization. And so that's the best way to reach us.
Wow, and thank you for putting yourself, your personal email out there like that. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, so I just want to thank you for being here today with us and in this space for all of the goodness that you do in the world. And I want to wish you tremendous success in all of your worthy endeavors. Thank you. This has been great, great pleasure. You've been listening to the Growth Exponential Podcast. If you know an executive director or nonprofit professional that you think I should interview, shoot me an email at bradley at growthexponential.org. 